Dan Sherman. Hello. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. So glad you could join us. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. We've got uh, Mr. Ian Porter from Red Beard's Detail Shop yes, sir. also on. Thank you so much for taking the time. Appreciate it, you guys. So let's hop right in. Then uh, we're going to get like we're going to get onto this beer real quick, and then we're going to talk about some mobile tech, and then we're going to come back and learn about your story and who you are. Uh, super cool in the town that you're at and where you are. The things that you've been able to accomplish in the detail world is, is pretty cool. So, all right, Cold Snap from Sam Adams. This beer has a lot of symbolic for me in a weird way. Have you guys had it? Yes. I have not got to partake in this one yet. Have you popped your top yet? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's different. It's different, yeah. So, let's let's. My story with Cold Snap is it was literally like the second beer that really caught my attention. And, you know, of course, high school, I'd have a couple beers here and there, as a, you know, but nothing major. I wasn't really a drinker. I didn't really drink a lot of beer even later in life. I mostly just drank, you know, uh, rum or whiskey or something. And then I went uh, to Seattle. This would have been like, 2010, uh, 2012, and I had, we were trying to find a cigar bar, and that was hard to find in Seattle, and then you couldn't find a place to smoke a cigar. People smoked pot walking down the street easier than it was smoking a cigar, so it was really odd, but I had a beer there that was a pumpkin ale, and I just tasted it and fell in love. I later went back and bought the shirt. It was called Harlot's Harvest. It was so good. Well, later, let's see, it would have been early 2013. So my wife left late 12. I kind of got in a cocoon for a little while. And then it would be about this time, 2013, when they released Cold Snap. And I was sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings, right? You know, of course. Of course, yeah. And this was my early times when I just first started going there, and I ordered Cold Snap because I just, it just okay, I'll pick that one. And I just, it was like, oh, geez, that's so good. <laughs> so it was, I, I, I remember it every, every like, like, and I think the reason Cold Snap, like either it's a, almost into spring beer, so they're snapping the cold, I think is what they're going with, like, and yeah. so every year I always get it. It's, you know, it's kind of a little symbolic for me. I, I really like the beer. Yeah, it was kind of like I share that more or less same experience. Uh, the first time I drank Black Lager by Sam Adams. After that, I was like, oh, God. Uh, Sam Adams is probably the beer that got me into being, I don't know if it's, I'd go as far as saying I'm a beer snob, but I definitely like trying new beers. But Sam Adams definitely paved the way. I'm I've always been a big fan. But it's definitely much more of a mainstream for craft. Like yeah, really exactly. one of the, the early front runners of being a craft brewery and they're still yeah. a big big dog. Definitely. Uh, so Darren, let's let's talk about who you are. Thank you for taking the time to come on. You are Darren Sherman from the metropolis known as Chandler, Oklahoma. The thriving metropolis. Thriving metropolis. <laughs> yeah. How many people do you have in Chandler, Oklahoma? Oh, 
Maybe 2,500, maybe. Oh, wow. On a good day. 2,500. Yeah. Like, that's that's beastly, right? Yeah, that's that's if you count the outlying areas and maybe part of the neighboring town. <laughs> now, Ian, you grew up in a small town? Not. Yeah, I grew up here. I, I lived in Chandler all my life. And a small stint, well, I mean, when I was in college, I lived in, in Moore for a little while when I went to school. But Where'd you go to school? Uh, went, I played baseball at Southern Nazarene for a couple years, and then I wound up um, finishing my career at Hillsdale Free Will Baptist in Moore. And it's not, I don't even think it's even named that anymore. <laughs> but so you're a so yeah. tiny school, but we were good in baseball. You're a Baptist <laughs> drinking beer, huh? <laughs> no. No, I was. I'm a Methodist drinking beer. <laughs> uh, I just went where whoever let me play ball when I was in college. True, true. Again, what'd you play? Uh, I was a catcher by heart, but I, uh, as I started getting old in college years, I, uh, my body was wearing out, and then I started playing third, and I pitched a little bit and played outfield. I could hit real well, so they stuck me wherever they could, could use me and let me hit. Nice, man. Nice. Ian? Yo. S- small town? Yeah, more or less. Uh, I've been, you know, I grew up in Broken Arrow, but I've been living in Coweta here for like eight years, you know, and I think we're around ten or 11,000 people, so it's a little bit bigger, but it's definitely smaller by most standards. What do you guys like about small towns? For me, uh, I just typically it's less traffic, you know, it's easier to get around, I guess. And then, you know, me personally, I like, I don't like being, I mean, not to say some of the smaller towns don't have like those subdivisions where all the houses look the same and they're really just like packed in there together. But, you know, I live on a couple acres. So for me, that's kind of, you know, part of the attraction is I have a little space, a little breathing room. I have no idea what a couple acres looks like. I look out my window and my neighbor's right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no way. Uh, Darren, what do you like? Well, I mean, you you grew up there. You kind of went away for a little bit. Like, what drew you back? Why, why uh, Chandler? It, I know everybody, and all my family's here. And I get, I get a lot of support from my family because I've, I've got – my uncle's a business owner. He owns a tire shop. He's sending me work all the time. My dad um, retired from a, a, a business here in town, and he knows everybody. And so my mom is the county treasurer, and so there I've got a huge network of family that has helped me out and continue to help me out. So that really drew me back, and I have no plans at all on leaving. Oh, you're you're done. Yeah, I'm I'm here. Well, is that also, you recently were engaged, correct? Yes, yes, I am engaged, and our date is July 14th. Well, congratulations. I'm pretty excited. (laughs) You should be. You should be. Uh, All right, so tell us what got you into, tell us your story. I mean, so you grew up there, you went to college, came back, um, soon, soon to take the leap into the next part of life, so to speak, uh, once we hit 40, a little bit of side note trivia, Darren has the absolute best birthday of all time. Of all times. All time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great day. It is an incredible day. Which, 
if you haven't guessed, happens to be the same day that Marty was born. Yeah, I that. The exact same day, we will both turn 40 on April 2nd in yes. 2018. But you're going to so, be really lucky to have that date. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's something special. Definitely, definitely. All right, so you went back to Chandler, this super small town, and did what? Oh, right when I got back to town, when I got home from college, I oh god, I started on. I worked at a ranch. <laughs> I was I fed cows and did what a ranch hand does every day, built fence. And my boss came to me one day, which is also my best friend's dad, and said, "You got a college degree? I'm firing you. You got two weeks to find a new job. You're not going to ever make money doing this." And that started me being an, I guess, towards being an adult. And I've done everything from as a bricklayer to a, I worked eight years as an insurance adjuster. I remodeled homes. I've done a little bit of everything and I wound up in the oil field and working for, um, for a gentleman buying and selling oil field equipment. And however many years ago, was it three or four years ago when oil prices dropped and everybody's about to start with this in the oil field, that's where I got into detailing and we had a bunch of people working for us, and we had to find something to make money. And there was a gentleman that was underneath me that I was, I was his boss, really. He kept saying, man, I can detail cars. I can detail cars. You let me detail the boss's car. And so about once a week, he would clean up the boss's truck. And then that turned into detailing one of his friend's trucks. And then it just got to where he was doing about one a day. And I started helping him a little bit here and there. And... It, it was a disaster. <laughs> it, it, we were tearing stuff up left and right, spraying tire shine on leather seats and on dashes and doing un things that you'd never dream of doing now. And the my boss at that time decided that we were going to just open up a detail shop. We're going to try this. We're getting enough cars. And so I started going around town, passing out flyers, doing the thing, at Wal handing out stuff to people at Walmart, just whoever I could get in front of to try to build the business, and it, it, that's kind of where, how, how we got started. But so let's go back to um, – so Ian took a bit different path while Ian's also been in the oil field, but Ian went and got a lot of training. So you didn't. You kind of took my approach. I, I bought – a power washer based on a loan from a bank purely on a suggestion from a buddy because I was pissed off at work and I wasn't happy. I just got some products and started trying to clean cars and didn't really have a clue what I was doing. Seems sort of similar to you. Mm -hmm. Ian, what made you go through all the training that made you want to do all the training in order to, to learn instead of just hop right in? I just think it's, it boils down to, uh, you know, validation. You know, you can not to say that, you know, the guy, the way you guys went up is wrong or that you're any less of a detailer if you didn't have, you know, any kind of accreditation. But like when people come into the shop, they can see the training that I have. So they know that I have a certain commitment to my my industry or, or to my my art, so to speak. And I, I think it just it just helps. Well, I think it jumpstarted your career too, right? It's not just the accreditation and putting stuff on yeah. the wall. Like you actually would know what you were doing far sooner than maybe Darren and I did. Like literally, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. Uh, I learned each car I went 
And the only way I got better was when my customer complained that I would know I shouldn't do that again. Yeah, know? exactly. Right. So, yeah. Darren, what were some of the early mistakes that you made? You said you put uh, tire shine on leather seats. Oh, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the guy that kind of got us started, he was like, use this. He says, I put this on these seats, and it looks great. Well, it looked great, but we had no idea what it was doing to it. And we put it on dash, spray and vents. It was just it – wiped, it just wiped dirt off. So, it, yeah, it worked real great. <laughs> Didn't have any idea that we were putting something flammable on people's dash. And they would oh, – I'm trying to think. They didn't have any idea what – they never used acid, thank goodness. We didn't know what acid was. And so that probably saved us a lot. But they'd spray a like a bug remover all over the car as soon as they got started and let it sit until it dried because that helped. <laughs> would get the dirt – that helped, helped clean it off. Well, they did a little pre-washing. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what, what can you remember any big mistakes that you guys made that that would be beneficial to somebody else starting out? Oh. Read your labels on products. That'll help. <laughs> <laughs> That labels are key. Labels are key. Ian, what about you? What, what's uh, the mistake that you made? Don't bite off more you, than you can chew, I guess. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, don't. There's certain things. So I think part of it is just because of how I am. I'm very meticulous about certain things. So, like, I spent a little more money in the beginning that I probably shouldn't have. Like, I jumped the gun on certain things, say, with like marketing material and stuff that I had made up that wasn't even valid a couple months later because I made changes to certain things. Mm -hmm. uh, so just implement a plan and stick to that plan, I guess, you know. So what do you mean, like, implement a plan and stick to the plan? Because you, you implemented a plan and then changed all your plan? Is that what you mean? No, I did certain things. Uh you know, I had committed to certain packages, so to speak, and certain prices and a certain way of sales uh, in regards to my packages and stuff. And then that didn't last long because I made changes that basically made all of the, the content that I had purchased, you know, marketing material, like brochure, shit like that, basically made all of that irrelevant. So that was just kindling for firewood. Basically. I did the exact same thing. Yeah. I I had a big price sheet made up and spent all this time and money on it. And I, I, we don't do anything that we, I don't think we do a single thing that's <laughs> right. on that price sheet now. Yeah. And especially not for the prices like at all. Yeah, exactly. So would, would you recommend people not create a price sheet and a bunch of marketing material? Cause that seems to be what you guys are saying. Or are you saying <laughs> like they should just jump into it create it, just understand that you're probably going to change it and sink more money into more material? Yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of jump into it and, you know, develop a range, but don't, you know, don't commit to anything firm just yet because you, within the first year, even two years of your business, you are going to change things. So try not to just spend, I guess, a whole bunch of money in stuff like that because it's it's never constant up until, of course, you get to that level in your business. Yeah, I mean, because the reason why I ask that question is because I seem to, I felt like you guys are trying to 
have people um, pull back a little bit. And I think that's a lot of problems with, we, you know, we DM and Instagram message with a lot of detailers. And there's, there's people that are just starting off that are so scared to step out and go. And, and what would you recommend to those guys then, based on what you guys are saying? Are you saying don't step out and go? Or are you just saying, hey, just understand as you step out and go, you're going to need to make changes as you go? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't spend a whole bunch of money on, yeah. like, having a graphic designer make these unbelievably great price sheets that look amazing and you can hang on the wall and pass out a thousand of them because exactly. you're going to find out real quick that you've got to make adjustments. You can't right. – what you thought you could do for $20, you can't do for 100 <laughs> Yeah, and Yeah, right. Then vice versa, you have a package that, say, a, just something you go, oh, we'll do this for 500 bucks, and you'll never sell one. And yeah. you realize that you can walk well, and do that for $50. It's, it, it can be that drastic of a change where you spend all this money to pay somebody to make it look pretty and you, you, you've kind of wasted it. And right. that's, you can draw something up and type a simple price sheet out, especially getting started. It doesn't have to be all fancy and, um, you know, drawn out by a graphic designer. Exactly. You'll still get the point across because you're going to adapt and evolve over, yeah. especially in the first like you said, first year or year and a half, I'm just now getting to where I'll even put something up on the wall for people to look at as in packages that I know I can kind of stick to. Right. So just have some flexibility, but definitely get out there and hustle and get going. Now, I think that would be very beneficial for anybody that's listening that either you're semi relatively new to detailing, you're wanting to get into it or you're you've done it kind of part-time you haven't really just taken that step out to go full-time whether that's mobile or have a shop yeah and then one more thing too i think that a lot of and and i i, I kind of think i heard you guys kind you both kind of say it in a way but no you know when you're first starting out it's really easy to do which i totally get but know your worth know how much time you're going to spend on detail, know the value of that and stick to that. Don't let somebody that calls you say, well, this guy down the street is doing it for like a hundred dollars less. Well, you know, commit to your price and commit to your value and commit to the quality of work that you bring to the table that that guy down the street probably isn't, you know, just stick to your guns uh, and don't, you know, just, so with that being said, though, right, people need to understand what the market value is. Yes. Though, and even if they're young in the business, if you're young in the business, I mean, you can't charge what somebody that's been in the business five years, right? I mean, yeah. you still have to you still have to get yourself into the market. So, I mean, Darren, in a town of twenty five hundred, how did you test the market, so to speak? Because I think over the time you've raised your prices, you started at a certain point and then raised it. Oh, we've, I have almost doubled like what we call a full detail, what our version of a, a detail is. We've, I've doubled since we first opened. And some of that is we, I do more, but some of it is it just, I didn't realize how much time it took to make a vehicle get to the level that I wanted. And, but, we got started because I just got out and hustled. When I first started, we may go a, a, a day and do one car in, in the whole day. Me and the guy that started with me, we would sit there and look at each other and wonder, what are we going to do? We'd wash our own truck two, two times a day just to make it look like we were doing something. But 
I'd go out and it just hit the streets. I passed out, I bet you, a thousand flyers. And it, I mean, everybody in town knew that I existed. And we were due, we, we were struggling. I mean, not really struggling, but I literally would wash a car for 10 bucks just to get something going, just to have something coming in. But now I, I won't, I mean, it's almost a waste of time for me to try to do something. For, it is a waste of time for me to do something for 10 bucks. Well, absolutely. It, just, it won't, it, it does me no good. And I, I mean, I, I hate this. I'm not trying to brag or make it sound like I'm better than that, but dang, you just, it's, I'm trying to feed my family. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's like last week I had somebody call me and ask if I would just clean their wheels and tires. I'm like, I I mean, I, I, just, I told them straight up. I was like, man, from for me to even make it worth my time, I would have to charge you more than, you know, what just do it yourself kind of thing. It's Yeah. Now, well, I'll, some, like, because of my area and the small town and everybody knows everybody, I do a lot of things like that. Some of them, I just want this. Well, it's, it, you know, for me to clean your wheels and tires, it's still going to be 60 bucks. Yeah, and exactly. I'll, th- I'll throw something out there like that, maybe to price myself out so I don't have to do it. But if I do and they're like, yeah, I'll do it, I'll, I'll get something out of it. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, basically, that's what I did. I hit him with the price. He's like, oh, wow, that much? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I got to, got to be worth my time. I'm, I'm a, but, I'm so, Ian, like, like, I totally get your point. Because I, I think there's a, a uh, theory or concept that detailers, we have a hard time that we don't ever want to lose when somebody calls to get a price. We don't want to lose to the guy down the street uh, if we consider him competition or what uh, mm-hmm. on a lesser price like that. It's, it's, it's a thing for detailers. Like, yeah. Oh, everybody should have a higher price. Well, but like you said, know your worth, but to Darren's point, you, you can't know your worth when you're just starting out. Sometimes you have to do stuff at a cheaper, cheaper rate just to get that. It's like the snowflake that turns into an avalanche, right? Yeah. Like you've got to get yeah. that snowflake to start rolling to get into a little ball, which goes into a little bigger ball. You know what I mean? And it turns oh, yeah. into to an avalanche. So help us understand then. No, I mean, right. I mean, we agree on that, but there's yes. that idea that, oh, you, you can't be cheap. Well, how do you go from can't be cheap and know your worth to, hey, I'm starting out. I just need, I need money to pay rent or, or pay for my family or, you know, I need money to eat. So, yeah. How does how does somebody transition from there? Well, I mean, I think so. One of the big things is what I'm, I guess I'm, part of what I'm referring to is you don't always have to discount your prices because I mean, at the end of the day, you have a certain amount of overhead that you have to even meet to make to even be profitable. So, don't discount your prices so much that you're screwing yourself out of that. But two, instead of discounting prices, you could offer like a free service, something that puts skin in the game, gives creates a perceived value but it's not taking a lot of your time or a lot of your money i love that idea give us an example so for okay uh okay so something quick to me that i would do would be like a free windshield coating or something like hey this guy down the street's charging this or whatever first i would make sure that you're comparing apples to apples make sure that that person down the street is offering the exact same package that you're offering 
And if it is, in fact, the same package, but still cheaper, just back yourself up based on your credentials and your reputation, it, you know, if you've been in business that long or whatever, but then throw in, say, hey, you know, I can't really discount my prices, but hey, what I can do is I can offer you a free windshield coating that lasts so, you know, so long, whatever, and that puts skin in the game, hopefully. Or, uh, which we have a lot of customers, car washes or whatever, that they'll use a fabric guard. Oh, and you, yeah. don't ha- yeah. you don't have to use, like, a ceramic fabric guard from a no, ceramic no, no, no. company. There's plenty of... Let's just, I mean, since we distribute Carbrite, I'll just throw that out. Carbrite has a fabric guard, right? ECP, yeah, uh, uh, what all the other ones, you know, it doesn't matter. Any, uh, oh, well, yeah, almost every company, yeah, like, like, yeah, like everybody, but what I'm saying is you don't have to buy like a car, pro, like a, a ceramic. No, 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 absolutely. You, yeah, you can buy just a generic company's yeah. fabric guard and tell them you're going to put a fabric guard on, exactly. you'll literally spend an extra dollar, maybe? Yeah, and maybe five maybe two, minutes. Like, and yeah, maybe five minutes yeah. just spraying on there. So, man, what a great tidbit of information. That That's awesome. That's a great idea. Um, that, I mean, so, well, not everybody would do that. Like, I, yeah, I no, think no, that's no. a great idea. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, it's know your worth. But always try to think outside the box. Instead of discounting prices, try to offer something for free. People get addicted to discounts. They don't get addicted to free, you know? Yeah. I think I've heard that before. Yeah, you have if you watch Gary V. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great one with that guy from the restaurant. He went through all the different – That dude's a genius. Just, that. Yeah, that, that was from uh, where the guy goes in and redoes restaurants or bars yep. or something. Yeah, bar rescue guy. Bar rescue, yeah. All right. I'm popping my top on number two. Oh, you're just now to number two? I know. Hey, <laughs> it's what it is, man. Listen, I'm still working. I'm at the warehouse. I had a, a, a bit of uh, some family stuff today, and so I didn't get to work much, and so I'm at the warehouse tonight prepping all my orders and trying to get stuff done as well as do the podcast. So I've been working the whole time. We are chatting. So, yes, I'm I impressed. just now on number two. Uh, Definitely. So tell us, what do you, I mean, we don't have David, the beer nerd. He was not able to be on with us tonight. If you could kind of try and explain this beer, like what, what flavors do you guys taste? What do you all think about it? Tastes like beer. Tastes like beer. (laughs) I'm not quite the beer connoisseur that you guys are. (laughs) Oh, I think we just like drinking beer. I don't. That's my yeah. problem, though. I don't have the. I don't have the like. Oh, this has notes of such and such. And, yeah. You know. I just like to drink it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, it says white ale with spices. What spices do you guys taste? It's, I mean, it's kind of cit- it's it's citrusy uh, a little bit, you know. Yeah, that that explains it. Citrusy. Really? I don't taste any citrus. Yeah, I mean, it's got orange peel in it. It does? Yeah. Huh. Well, that's why you taste citrus. Yeah, I don't taste any citrus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just a smooth beer, regardless. Yeah. And I'm not... There's there's a few Sam Adams. Of course, Oktoberfest, super popular. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite Sam Adams beer, though, by far. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite? You said that uh, something black. What'd you say? Well, for a while, it was black lager because, I mean, you could drink it and it was a dark lager and not like seriously, you could taste. It was almost like you're drinking like a chocolate drink. It was just amazing. Uh, and, but as much as I love that, I, I probably have to say that Oktoberfest and Winter Lager are my favorites. Although I do like summer, was that summer ale a lot? Yeah, their summer ale is good. Yeah. It is good. All right, so let's get in. All right, we're 30 minutes in. We got about another 10 or 15 minutes. So, Darren, tell us what you – I mean, so you gave us some background. Really super cool. But why I wanted you to come onto this podcast is is watching you grow as a company. Uh, you said you went out, which is true, man. You hustled. Not everybody around – Especially if you're in a bigger city, you can't just go hand out flyers everywhere. Yeah. Small town, that's different. You know people. But it doesn't matter. Like, here's the thing. People will give excuses. And I'll talk to people, and they give excuses. Oh, I can't do codings. My customers will never pay for it. Oh, I just I can't do codings. You know. And I will send them a video that we did of you explaining what all you did and why, you know, you are literally doing what a coding a day almost. Yeah. Well, I'll average five to 12 a week. I mean, I know that's a big different number. It kind of depends on what time of year, like this, this week will, I mean, I think I'll do six just this week. And we're not that we're busy, but not like summer busy. And, but that's, I don't, we, everybody comes in and I, I it, it's almost like educating people every time a new person comes in on, I want to wash in a wax and <laughs> you, so we start right off with that. I don't do wax. I haven't bought wax in two years. And then we go right through our sales pitch. And yeah. So you had to make a stance as a company. Mm-hmm. Cause I think there's people that just, they want to be on both sides. You know, they want to be on the fence. They don't really want to commit. You all jumped straight in yeah. you you just went i'm not ever doing a wax again and you're using entry level you know you're you're, you're not doing the big four layers and charging two grand right no. you know what what price point are you at like give us some some good good you know meat on it why yeah. are you doing that many coatings what's your price point all that well we're like we do a six month I call it a six month coating and I don't, it's on a, like a two door or four door cars, 150 bucks trucks started 175 bucks. Nice. And that's not a whole, like you think, man, that's not very much for amount of work, but oh, that shoot. is the absolute bare basic. I'm going to wash it. We decontaminate it. I pull it in. We don't, and I'm telling them I'm not, I'm not polishing. I'm not fixing these scratches. I mean, I'm right up front with them. And it is one after another, after another, after another. And the whole reason I started doing that is because I was like, man, it should be a whole lot easier washing this car every month. Because most of these are my monthly customers. I'm getting them once a month. Bam, bam, bam. Every month I see this car. And I was like, man, it'll be a whole lot easier to wash this if this was coated. And it would save me in the long run. And they can afford it. Like people will pull that much out of their pocket. Here you go. Well, I can do um, me and my helper. We can wash one. All right, yeah, so I got a phone call from someone, and it just immediately kicked us off the app. 
So that would be cool if they could make some adjustments to that and put like a call block or something so that didn't happen. Yeah. So well, Ian, Ian Porter's back. Ian, sorry, I got a phone call. It disconnected us. So it's all good. I thought I did something wrong. <laughs> no, no, it's it's good. We'll we'll roll it. Sorry, I'll try and make some edits, but anyway, keep going. Uh, wherever you left off there. Oh, we.
rarely do I not do a customer's car and I put a six month on to start with the next time it comes back around where it's, it, it's time to do the next coating. Do we, are we not doing the one year? What I, what our one year, the Anyo is what we use. And yeah. then that's when I get into the polishing and I'll, I'll tell them if we're doing a one year, we're going to polish it. Like I'm not going to not polish it. Cause, and I got a little, I kind of, my little sales pitch is that we don't want to look at a scratch for a year if I put this coating on, cause it's going to be underneath it. And you're not going to, if I don't take out these little defects and they're, and it's, it's like people look at me and go, you know, you're right. We need, you need to do that. And that's when I started getting into a little bit higher end stuff, but I'm still not on an annual. I'm still not selling them like the term paint, cor paint correction. No, I'm, I'm gloss enhancing is my term that I use. Just that what I use, you can just use whatever yeah. you want, but I just say, I'm going to enhance the gloss. I'm going to make it shiny, make it look good because it's, I still, I'm, I gotta be real careful with how much I sell here. Cause it's, I'm not gonna be able to sell a $1,500 coating in Chandler, but maybe once a year, yeah. maybe. And I, I've done maybe two of them last year where I did a full on what you would call correction and then coated and they paid me really well. Well, it was, but that's twice. And then I did, Oh, between 250 and 300 coatings last year, between six months, one year, and two years. You did how many? Between wow. two, 250 and 300. I, I, I've got it here somewhere that I can tell you exactly, but I don't have it in front of me. Because we keep track. We, we track every single car we do, what the temperature was, what the humidity was, what if I polished it, what polish I used, what pad, what if it was the raining outside or not, because that way if it fails or something happens that I notice when it comes in, I've got an issue. I look back and see what was going on. And so I don't repeat it and cause the same issue again. I look back and tell you what car I did January or January 31st of last year and what the temperature was, who it was, what color, what everything mileage. Cause I'll look at mileage. I even write down the mileage. Cause I want to know if they, drove it 2,000 miles since the last time I washed it or not. That's and, impressive. I that's love very it. impressive. Where do you store all that? Oh, we got a laptop in the office. In my, I'm lucky enough to have a, a uh, secretary that she's... Well, lucky. There's not lucky. Like You have to do that with as busy as you're at? Yeah. Like, there's it, no way you could do both. The phone will ring 30 or 40 times a day. And I couldn't, the day I hired her, I said, I need a secretary is I didn't do anything. I said, all I did all day long was sitting on the phone. And I, at that time I had three employees and they were so mad at me. They couldn't see straight. Cause I didn't wash a car all day. Didn't do anything all day, but talk on the phone. I was like, I, 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 I was fed up. I couldn't do it anymore. Cause I don't want to be in here on the, in the, at the desk. I want to be working on cars. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Put you, you got to put your best foot forward on what you do best. Uh, is your skill set better at <laughs> answering phones, or is your skill set better at, uh, you know? And when I first started, though, there was that wasn't possible. Like, I had to be the one that did everything. You had to be the salesman. You had to be the accountant. You had to do it all, and it worked. But I wanted to evolve, and I wanted something different. And this is kind of where we've got at this point. Well, cool. I appreciate, I mean, the, the disclosure, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive to, even if it's at 200, but you're saying it's at least 250. 
250 coatings, entry level, right? But mm -hmm. minimum, minimum, you'd say 100 bucks. Minimum 150 or what? Well, you said 150. Yeah, a, a car, two door, four door well, car. Well, Ian, I can't help it. You, you remember? You forget who you're talking <laughs> yeah, to, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't remember when I tied my shoe last until I looked down and realized it's tied. Like, Andy is on the second man. beer, so. And I'm on almost my third beer. <laughs> Second beer went down pretty quick. And I don't know if you all saw the Instagram. This is like this is badass, but we had a guy from 360 Detailing out oh, in California yeah, send us beers for the podcast because we don't get any good beers in Oklahoma. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at these going, man, I just I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm tempted to crack one open. Like, yeah. I really should. There's a sidecar, an orange pale ale. There's a banana bread beer. Oh, sidecar, nice. Wow. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff, man. He really hooked us up. I figured I would wait, Ian, until you and I were together and we could crack some open together. That's, yeah. So, anyway, 250. I mean, anybody got a calculator? Yeah, I can get on my phone, of course. Here, I got a calculator. That's $37,500. That's impressive. That's fucking impressive. On a town of 2,500 people, right? Right. 2,500 people, your detail shop generated over $30,000 in coatings for a year. Well, that sounds really good when you say it like that. Yeah. I mean, also, though, that number is based on the fact that it was all six-month coatings which obviously it wasn't so that's just the low end of that spectrum yeah and then you can still take it as far as how much money did that generate after you did the coating on follow-up stuff exactly i mean that that's the big part of my business is follow-up monthly maintenance deals that take 30 minutes and you make 50 bucks in 30 minutes all the time yeah okay that's awesome i like it's i didn't know how full disclosure you want to be. Like that's that's really awesome. Yeah. I appreciate uh I be a, I, Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like <laughs> that that calls out to anybody that's in a town larger than twenty five hundred oh, twenty five hundred people yeah. and get your ass in gear because you got a guy that's doing a lot more than you are yeah. in a town a lot smaller. And that's you know, that's something also to keep in mind about that that six month coding is that it's just a great budget-friendly way of getting coatings out there, which I feel in Oklahoma, that is something that we are kind of behind the times on. Mm -hmm. so. I don't. It, it's I don't think better. we are. Why do you think we are? Well, because just it. in our area specifically, it wasn't but the last couple of years that people really started getting into them. But as far as entry level, I think we're ahead of times. Everybody else that we talked to around the country wants to charge Come on, you've you've been on the CP stuff, and you've been I'm not, you've you talked. Know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about coatings in general. Oh, I thought you were talking about entry level. No, I thought it was you said. No, I'm not breaking it down. Now. I'm talking about coatings in general. Within the last couple of years, our area at least has just really gotten into them. Yes, I would and agree even with that. On that level, there are only a few that do them religiously. Mm -hmm. And I think it's too because. People chase that big dollar ahead, yeah. and they don't realize like, this is what I've tried to quote unquote preach. Like get your, get your daily drivers coded 
give them at a price that they're willing to pay for, and you'll see your business dramatically increase. I bet you if we start asking people if you could generate an extra thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars a year, oh, is that something you would like to do? I mean, oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, like that's insane, Darren. Like, man, cheers, bro. Like, cheers. <laughs> that's awesome. And it's I enjoy doing it. It's fun to me. It's fun. I like it because it leads on well, to stuff. We do uh, making an extra thirty-five thousand dollars a <laughs> yeah. year is a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, cool. So uh, we're at about 45 minutes. It's sort of where we like to be, give or take the hang-up from uh, me getting a phone call. It is what it is. CE, though? Thank you very much, Ian. I appreciate you reminding me. Shoot. What was the things that you took away from Mobile Tech Expo, and why should somebody go next year? Uh, hey, Darren, listen up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> me just being straight up about it, I think if as a detailer, somebody who owns a detail-based business, if you're only going for the convention part, don't waste your time. Yeah, uh, true. But you I'm, can see it in, in literally what an hour, two hours yeah, max. If you wanted to speed walk it, yeah. But if you want to stop and talk to a few vendors that you feel might be worth or whatever, you're probably talking half a day. But yeah, I mean, definitely, it's not. You can go through it fast, but. I mean, for those that are listening, I would encourage you join the IDA. And if, you know, next year the MTE is something that you want to go to, I would encourage that you go to Education Day, which is a full day of just different classes put on by different instructors where they talk about just different agendas. Uh, it's really something worth doing. But, yeah. And uh, what was the biggest thing you grabbed from it? Like, that's why somebody – oh, I think somebody just popped another top. Is that what I heard? Yes. That a boy. Nicely done. <laughs> uh, like you said, that's why people should go. What did you take from Mobile Tech Expo? Uh, see, the biggest thing was – well, for me, it was just good seeing some of the people that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, but I think – think it was for me i guess it was just going to a national convention because it was the first time i have been you know because i kept uh i was supposed to go to SEMA, didn't go of course but i think it was just kind of interesting to go and see what it all you know has to offer you know as far as you know what as far as our industry is concerned there's several vendors out there i like playing with the new cordless flex that was pretty cool mm-hmm. uh and, then, and it seems like you're pretty in touch with what's going on with the industry as like as a whole nationwide and new things. But like a guy like me that is in Chandler, Oklahoma, that I have my own little world that I'm in, would it be <laughs> beneficial to someone like me going to this and seeing what's out there that I, I like? Because there'll be a bunch of stuff that I've never even heard of, never seen, yeah. never dreamed of. Would that Would that help someone like me or is it geared more towards – the guys that, you know, are on the cutting edge of everything? Well, ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I think, I mean, I think so to a point. I mean, you obviously have a very great in-tune business model. So I think by going to one of these conventions, it might be kind of bad in that way because you're going to be exposed to so many different products and you're going to want to try them probably. And it might you know, change some might change the game for you, and some were like, "eh, it doesn't really do anything for me." So, 
I, I think it's something to experience. I think as far as somebody like yourself, I would put my money or my eggs, so to speak, in the one basket and go to SEMA if I were to do anything. Okay. But you haven't been. No, I know, but I know enough about it that if I were to go to one convention a year, that would be the one. Yeah. And, and I mean, pot calling the kettle black. I mean, that's I went to SEMA multiple years before I went to Mobile Tech Expo. Yeah. Um, I, so for me, Darren, to answer your question, I'm going to piggyback on a little bit of what Ian said at first. It's, it's not the convention, it's not the expo, so to speak, <coughs> excuse me, that you would benefit from. It's the, it's the talking to other detailers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, I didn't set in on the training stuff this year. Last year I did. And it was, you know, it, it was, it was good, except I kept hearing Mike Phillips story t- talking about all he had done on TV every yeah. single time. But, um, the, you know, the information was good, but over the years when I've gone to any expos, it's not just the, like the expo and the vendors. It's getting to hang out with some guys that you saw last year and getting to know them better and, or somebody that you got to know online and then you met them in person and they got to hang out with you. You know, in the, um, we had Ben from Green Plain of Florida come and hang out with us. And we got to hear different stuff about the way he does. That guy put a freaking um, uh, solar panel. Thank you. Solar panel on his van, and he runs a mobile van purely off of solar power. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, so it that's was a, impressive. I, yeah. It's very impressive. So, like, you get to you get to meet guys that do things different than you. You can bounce ideas back and forth. They're absolutely not competition because they're in a different state. And so you can definitely throw some you, – you can have good conversations that you probably wouldn't have in, a, in another setting. And that was my next question is how open they are with information because, you know – yeah, it just still de- it still there. depends. There's a lot of people that I can't tell that, you what I'm doing because you, know. you might might take a customer of mine. Yeah. Right. And I mean it just depends on the way different detailers can be cuz that doesn't matter if they're in this state or what state. No. Um just some people are just douchebags and some people aren't. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of egos no matter where you go, but there you get, you know, the occasional few. Like I said, you know, if you Joining the IDA is a good idea because, again, they put on those education days and they typically have like a meet and greet. So you just go in there and get to meet fellow detailers that have, you know, committed themselves to a better level of business. Yeah. Well, cool. cool. Uh, I, I, for me, that's that's why I would go to Mobile Tech Expo. This was the first year that we did any type of we, – we had the incredible honor of having our polisher, Max a Jeweler, at uh, the DRC booth, 1000. Thank you so much, Joe. Joe Sabo or Sabo, whichever part of the country you live in, you pronounce it one way or the other. They let us come to the booth, and so did um, Sonax. Sonax let us come to their booth and demo our tool right alongside um, the, the bigger, higher end brands that are global companies. 
And, you know, we had people buy our tool right in front of uh, instead of a global company. So it was a big deal for us as a company. I would recommend anyone go to Mobile Tech Expo and um, it's it just or SEMA, like you said, Ian, you know, any, anywhere that there's other detailers, it's just a good thing to go network and learn from. I think yeah. that uh, Max the Jeweler is going to be demoed at Redbeard's detailing pretty soon and also at 66 Auto Detail in Chandler. Oh, yeah, it is. I, think, I, I don't so. know. <laughs> I, I think so. That's what I heard I, I, on internet. Yeah, I, I could see it at Route 66, but I don't know about that Redbeard, man. He's, <laughs> I'm not sure about that guy. He, he might be actually on the website, though, using the tool. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's not one of those flex guys? What is it, flex? Ian is all over the place. They flex or whatever. Like, yeah, I've got no beef against any of if big companies. If it spins, companies. he yeah. can polish it. Polish yeah. it. Yeah. They're all good tools. you got to find what works for you. You can pay the big money or not. You know, it doesn't matter. It's whatever works for you as a company, right? Sure. So, definitely. Uh, Darren, thank you so much, man. We won't keep any more of your time. Thank you. It's awesome to hear of the amazing things you're doing as a detail company in such a small town and you're putting a lot of other people in in shame and in check like get oh. you, step up your game because <laughs> there's a guy in Chandler Oklahoma that's fucking kicking your ass so yep. <laughs> nicely done bro man oh, yeah. like cheers cheers to you cheers to you that's that's a good story Aid's doing good too i um have been watching his little videos and I'm going to tell you that I'm, I'm going to have to uh, ask him if I can steal a few of his ideas on his marketing techniques. There you go. And uh, the, the washing the brick, the uh, brick coating deal was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I had to think outside the box on that one. That was good. Cool. All right. Well, so Darren, where do people find you if they want to ask questions or if they want to chat back and forth with you? What's your like social media handle? Uh, um, on Facebook at 66 Auto Detail. And that's about all we do. I am not the most tech savvy person, and I um, have somebody that checks our Facebook stuff. But you can find us there, and I'm pretty sure we have a website that's also 66autodetail.com. But it, uh, we, uh, I like the phone. If you want to talk to me, call me. I'd rather talk to you than send text messages back and forth. Cool. Well, anybody listening, feel free to call Darren. I'll vouch for him. He's a super great guy. He'll shoot it with you straight if he can break away from the 250 coatings a year that he does. Jeez, that's impressive. All right, Ian, where do people find you if they want to hit you up and ask you questions? Facebook or Instagram at Redbeard's Detail Shop. And the website is TulsaDetailShop.com. Cool. This is Marty, Total Auto Solutions. You can find us Instagram is the best place, Total Auto Solutions. Thank you so much, guys, for being on the Pints and Polishing podcast. Like, this has been a completely fun thing. Um, we grew and grew from Mobile Tech, you know, sending out brochures and stickers. Uh, Kristen, who was with us, did a great job. You also need to go check her out. What is it? Instagram, R1 underscore that that babe 23 yeah. or something. I think so. I don't know. She's <laughs> she's a cool chick. Not, not only beautiful, but she's a really cool chick, so. We had a great time. Thank you guys so much for being on, and uh, thank you for having a good beer. You know what, Ian? We did this last time, and I regret it. Before we close, you got to rate Cold Snap for us one to five.
Oh, uh, it's Sam Adams, man, and I, you know, I like this one. I'm gonna give it a four. Cool, Darren, one to five. Yeah, I'm, I'm at three point five for me. And uh, because, <laughs> because I am, yeah, I think three point five is that good in between where people say, "Yeah, it ain't bad," but it's, I, yeah, whatever. Middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, middle of the road. I I I would give you on that like you know it's not an incredible beer. I am giving it four point five, and it should be more in that three seven five four range. But like I told the story earlier, it's just a symbolic beer for me, so I have to give it a higher rating. I think definitely on the tap seems to be a little bit better flavor. It's a little different. Yeah. Um. So I would recommend going into B Dubs. Hopefully they will sponsor the podcast <laughs> um, yeah. and uh, getting some cold snap out of, uh, out of the draft. It's to me, it's, it does t- change the taste. It does it a little bit better. So anyway, thanks again, guys. This is a pints of polishing podcast. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. All right. Yeah. So I got a phone call from someone and it just immediately kicked us off the app. So that would be cool if they could make some adjustments to that and put like a call block or something so that didn't happen. Yeah. So well, Ian, Ian Porter's back. Ian, sorry, I got a phone call. It disconnected us. So it's all good. I thought I did something wrong. <laughs> no, no, it's it's good. We'll we'll roll it. Sorry, I'll try and make some edits. But anyway, keep going. Uh, wherever you left off, Darren. Oh, we. Left off about the coding. Yeah. yeah, we do a six month coding that is bare bones. It's simple and as quick as it can get. We wash it, decontaminate it, pull it in, alcohol it down, and apply the coating. And me and a partner, well, me and a helper, we can knock it out and the whole thing less than two hours easy. That's if we mess around and I talk on the phone and I always have to talk to a customer and it's no big deal. And those, that's, I mean, we're doing that all the time. Yeah. And, I've got everybody trained, and that's, I mean, I know that's really cheap, but I still make money over I mean, I'm just like, bam, 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 one after another, and people are coming yeah, to me I mean, asking for it. Even at that price point, even if it, like you said, at the most it takes two hours, well, that's still $75 an hour at $150. I mean, that's good money. Yeah, no, yeah that's it. I love that you brought that up, Ian. And so I, I, let me, let, let full disclosure, right, so. Darren uses our Y-Wax and he uses our coatings. I didn't bring him on for a plug by any means. I like the story of what you're doing. So if you want to use, let's throw out some other names of what some people could use. Uh, can coat from Gion or Gion or whatever is an entry level six month-ish, right? Yeah. What are some other ones that people could use? Uh, you got Ceramic Pro Sport. You got uh, G-Technique, I think. Is it though? Yeah, G Technique has one. I can't remember what it's called. No, 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 no. Uh, G Technique is uh, C2V3. And, okay. And you have Car Pros. Uh, and there's isn't there some new Hydrix or something that people spray on and then power wash and it's supposed to level with the water or something? Oh, yeah, Hydrosilex. That, that stuff is legit, though. Yeah. No, I get it. I'm just saying, like, it just seemed odd, but. Yeah, no, no. It was crazy. It tripped me out the first time that I used it. But, yeah. yeah. So there's other things that are out there. Like I said, so, uh, but you're using our YWAX, you've got an entry point, and that's one of the things we've been trying to work with detailers on is, like, you don't have to 
do the $2,000, $1,500,000. Like, you don't have to do that. The market on that is going to start getting slimmer and slimmer. You, Darren, you're doing a six-month, you're using YWAX, you're applying it. How quickly are you applying it? You said two two hours max. That's, yeah, From if if we're just putting a, the, uh, if we're just doing our six-month coating, we wash the outside, like I said, decontaminate it, and I can be done in an hour and a half, two hours. And on a normal vehicle, if I'm not, we're not talking about an inch of mud, just in, like, because that's what we deal with here is mud, like, I'll, I get vehicles brought in that they want it, everything done, and it'll have two inches of mud on it. We that if I can get into that's a whole different scenario, but <laughs> your normal car, we can knock it out, and it's it's easy. Like I've done it so much now, we don't tape anything off, we don't cover up anything. You can get like that. Why? Why? It's so simple to use that I'm hesitant to even try anything else because I'm afraid I'll just be angry with myself for even trying something different because we can do it so fast and, you and know, make it look good. And one of the best things about that is it's a great entry level into coatings. So that way, if the client likes it, likes the way that it performs, they can come back and get something beefier. Oh, yeah. We, it, that, it seems like every, rarely do I not do a customer's car and I put a six-month on to start with. The next time it comes back around where it's, it, it's time to do the next coating, do we – uh, we're not doing the one year. What I what our one year the Anyo is what we use, and yeah. then that's when I get into the polishing. And I'll I'll tell them if we're doing a one year, we're going to polish it. Like I'm not going to not polish it because, and I got a little kind of my little sales pitch is that we don't want to look at a scratch for a year if I put this coating on because it's going to be underneath it. And you're not going to if I don't take out these little defects and they're and it's it's like people look at me and go you know you're right we need you need to do that and. That's when I started getting into a little bit higher end stuff, but I'm still not on an annual. I'm still not selling them like the term paint cor- paint correction. No, I'm I'm gloss enhancing is my term that I use. Just that what I use. You can use whatever yeah. you want, but I just say I'm going to enhance the gloss. I'm going to make it shiny, make it look good because it's. I still I'm I got to be real careful with how much I sell here because it's. I'm not going to be able to sell a fifteen hundred dollar coating in Chandler, but maybe once a year. Yeah. Maybe. And I, I've done maybe two of them last year where I did a full on what you would call correction and then code it. And they paid me really well. Well, it was, but that's twice. And then I did, oh, between 250 and 300 coatings last year, between six months, one year, and two years. You did how many? Between wow. 250 and 300. I, I, I've got it here somewhere that I can tell you exactly what I don't have it in front of me. Because we keep track. We we track every single car we do, what the temperature was, what the humidity was, what if I polished it, what polish I used, what pad, what if it was the raining outside or not. Because that way if it fails or something happens that I notice when it comes in, I've got an issue. I look back and see what was going on and so I don't repeat it and cause the same issue again. I look back and tell you what car I did January or January 31st of last year and what the temperature was, who it was, what color, what everything, mileage, because I look at mileage. I even write down the mileage because I want to know if they drove it 2,000 miles since the last time I washed it or not. That's and, impressive. I that's love very that. impressive. Where do you store all that? Uh, we got a laptop in the office. In my, I'm lucky enough to have a, a – uh, secretary that 
she's well lucky is not lucky like you have to do that with as busy as you're at yeah like, there's no way you could do both the phone will ring 30 or 40 times a day and i couldn't the day i hired her i said his secretary is i didn't do anything i said all i did all day long was sitting on the phone and i at that time i had three employees and they were so mad at me they couldn't see straight because i didn't wash a car all day didn't do anything all day but talk on the phone i was like i i i I was fed up. I couldn't do it anymore because I don't want to be in here on the, in the, at the desk. I want to be working on cars. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Put you, you got to put your best foot forward on what you do best. Uh, is your skill set better at answering phones or is your skill set better at, uh, you know? And when I first started though, there was, that wasn't possible. Like, I had to be the one that did everything. You had to be the salesman. You had to be the accountant. You had to do it all. And it worked, but I wanted to evolve, and I wanted something different. And this is kind of where we've got at this point. Well, cool. I appreciate, I mean, the, the disclosure. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. To, even if it's at 200, but you're saying it's at least 250. 250 coatings. Entry level, right? But mm-hmm. minimum, minimum, you'd say a hundred bucks. Minimum one hundred and fifty, or what? Oh, you said one hundred and fifty. Yeah, a, a car, two door, four door. Well, cars, Ian, I can't help it. You, you, remember, you forget who you're talking yeah, to, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't remember when I tied my shoe last until I looked down and realized it's tied. Like, Andy is on the fuck, man. Beer, so, it... and I'm on almost my third beer. <laughs> Second beer went down pretty quick. And I don't know if you all saw the Instagram. This is like, this is badass, but we had a guy from 360 Detailing out in California send us beers for the podcast because we don't get any good beers in Oklahoma. And and I'm looking at these going, man, I just, I'm I'm, I'm tempted to crack one open. Like, yeah. I really should. There's this sidecar, an orange pale ale. There's a banana bread beer. Oh, sidecar. Nice. Wow. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff, man. He really hooked us up. I figured I would wait, Ian, until you and I were together and we could crack some open together. That's, yeah. So, anyway, 250. I mean, anybody got a calculator? Yeah, I can get on my phone, of course. Here, I got a calculator. That's. That's impressive. That's fucking impressive. On a town of 2,500 people, right? Right. 2,500 people, your detail shop generated over $30,000 in coatings for a year. Well, it sounds really good when you say it like that. Yeah. I mean, also, though, that number is based on the fact that it was all six-month coatings which obviously it wasn't so that's just the low end of that spectrum yeah and then you can still take it as far as how much money that generate after you did the coating on follow-up stuff exactly i mean that that's the big part of my business is follow-up monthly maintenance deals that take 30 minutes and you make 50 bucks in 30 minutes all the time yeah okay that's awesome i like it's i didn't know how full disclosure you want to be. Like that's that's really awesome. Yeah. I appreciate. Uh, I think you a, I, yeah, definitely. Like, 
<laughs> that that calls out to anybody that's in a town larger than 2,500 bu- 2, people yeah. and get your ass in gear because you got a guy that's doing a lot more than you are in a town a lot smaller. And that's, you know, that's something also to keep in mind about that, that six-month coding is that it's just a great budget-friendly way of getting codings out there, which I feel in Oklahoma that is something that we are kind of behind the times on. Mm-hmm. I don't. It, it's I don't think better. we are. Why do you think we are? Well, because just it. in our area specifically, it wasn't but the last couple of years that people really started getting into them. But as far as entry level, I think we're ahead of times. Everybody else that we talk to around the country wants to charge. Come on. You've you've been on the CP stuff and you've been. I'm not, you've even, talked to, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about codings in general. Oh, I thought you were talking about entry level. I thought it was what you said. No, I'm not breaking it down now. I'm talking about coatings in general. Within the last couple of years, our area, at least, has just really gotten into them. Yes, I would and agree even with that. on that level, there are only a few that do them religiously. Mm-hmm. And I think it's true because people chase that big dollar. Ahead, and they know. don't realize, like, this is what I've tried to, quote, unquote, preach, like, Get your get your daily drivers coded. Give them at a price that they're willing to pay for, and you will see your business dramatically increase. I bet you, if we start asking people, if you could generate an extra thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars a year, oh, is that something you would like to do? I mean, oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, like that's insane, Darren. Like, man, cheers, bro. Like, cheers. That's awesome. And it's I enjoy doing it. It's fun to me. It's fun. I like it because it leads on well, to stuff. We do I, making an extra thirty five thousand dollars a <laughs> yeah. year is a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, cool. So uh, we're at about forty five minutes. It's sort of where we like to be. Give or take the hang up from uh, me getting a phone call. It is what it is. CE, though. Thank you very much, Ian. I appreciate you reminding me. Shoot, what was the things that you took away from Mobile Tech Expo, and why should somebody go next year? Uh, hey, Darren, listen up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Me just being straight up about it, I think if as a detailer, somebody who owns a detail-based business, if you're only going for the convention part, don't waste your time. Yeah, uh, true. But You I'm, can see it in, in literally what, an hour? Two hours yeah, max. If you wanted to speed walk it, yeah. But if you want to stop and talk to a few vendors that you feel might be worth or whatever, you're probably talking half a day. But, yeah, I mean, definitely it's not – you can go through it fast. But, I mean, for those that are listening, I would encourage you join the IDA. And if, you know, next year the MTE is something that you want to go to, I would encourage that you go to Education Day which is a full day of just different classes put on by different instructors where they talk about just different agendas. Uh, it's really something worth doing, but yeah. And uh, what was the biggest thing you grabbed from it? Like that's why somebody, Oh, I think somebody just popped another top. Is that what I heard? Yes. That a boy. Nicely done. <laughs> uh, like you said, that's why people should go. What did you take from Mobile Tech Expo? Uh, see, the biggest thing was well, for me, it was just good seeing some of the people that I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, but I think it was 
for me, I guess it was just going to a national convention because it was the first time I had been, you know, because I kept, uh, I was supposed to go to SEMA, didn't go, of course, but I think it was just kind of interesting to go and see what it all, you know, has to offer, you know, as far as, you know, what, as far as our industry is concerned, there's several vendors out there. I liked playing with the new cordless flex. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then... and it seems like you're pretty in touch with what's going on with the industry as like as a whole nationwide and new things. But like a guy like me that is in Chandler, Oklahoma, that I have my own little world that I'm in, would it be <laughs> beneficial to someone like me going to this and, seeing what's out there that I, I like to, there'll be a bunch of stuff that I've never even heard of, never seen, yeah. never dreamed of. Would that, would that help someone like me or is it geared more towards the guys that, you know, are on the cutting edge of everything? Well, ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I think, I mean, I think so to a point, I mean, you obviously have a very great in tune business model. So I think by going to one of these conventions it might be kind of bad in that way because you're going to be exposed to so many different products and you're going to want to try them probably. And it might, you know, change, some might change the game for you and some are like, eh, that doesn't really do anything for me. So I, I, I think it's something to experience. I think as far as somebody like yourself, I would put my money or my eggs, so to speak, in the one basket and go to SEMA if I were to do anything. Okay. But you haven't been. No, I know, but I know enough about it that if I were to go to one convention a year, that would be the one. Yeah. And, and I mean, pot calling the kettle black. I mean, that's I went to SEMA multiple years before I went to Mobile Tech Expo. Yeah. Um, I, so, for me, Darren, to answer your question, I'm going to piggyback on a little bit of what Ian said at first. It's – it's not the convention, it's not the expo, so to speak, <coughs> excuse me, that you would benefit from. It's the, it's the talking to other detailers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, I didn't set in on the training stuff this year. Last year I did. And it was, you know, it, it was, it was good, except I kept hearing Mike Phillips story t- talking about all he had done on TV every yeah. single time. But, um, the, you know, the information was good, but over the years when I've gone to any expos, it's not just the, like the expo and the vendors. It's getting to hang out with some guys that you saw last year and getting to know them better and, or somebody that you got to know online and then you met them in person and they got to hang out with you. You know, in the, um, we had Ben from Green Plain of Florida come and hang out with us. Like, and we got to hear different stuff about the way he does. That guy put a freaking um, uh, solar panel. Thank you, solar panel on his van, and he runs a mobile van purely off of solar power. Wow. Yeah, like yeah, so. That's impressive. A, I yeah, it's very impressive. So like you get to you get to meet guys that do things different than you. You can bounce ideas back and forth. They're absolutely not competition because they're in a different state. And so you can definitely throw some you, – you can have good conversations that you probably wouldn't have in, a, in another setting. And that was my next question is how open they are with information because, you know, 
It just still depends. It still depends. There's a lot of people that. I can't tell you what I'm doing because you might might take a customer of mine. Right. And I mean, it just depends on the way different detailers can be. Because that doesn't matter if they're in this state or what state. No. Um, Just some people are just douchebags, and some people aren't. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of egos, no matter where you go. But there, you get you know the occasional few. Like I said, you know if you. Joining the IDA is a good idea because, again, they put on those education days and they typically have like a meet and greet. So you just go in there and get to meet fellow detailers that have, you know, committed themselves to a better level of business. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, I, I, for me, that's, that's why I would go to Mobile Tech Expo. This was the first year that we did any type of we, – we had the incredible honor of having our polisher, Max the Jeweler, at uh, the DRC booth, 1000. Thank you so much, Joe. Joe Sabo or Sabo, whichever part of the country you live in, you pronounce it one way or the other. They let us come to the booth, and so did um, Sonax. Sonax let us come to their booth and demo our tool right alongside um, the, the bigger, higher end brands that are global companies. And, you know, we had people buy our tool right in front of uh, instead of a global company. So it was a big deal for us as a company. I would recommend anyone go to Mobile Tech Expo and um, it's it just or SEMA, like you said, Ian, you know, any, anywhere that there's other detailers, it's just a good thing to go network and learn from. I think yeah. that uh, Max the Jeweler is going to be demoed at Redbeard's detailing pretty soon and also at 66 Auto Detail in Chandler. Oh, yeah, it is. I, think, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so. That's what I heard I, I, on internet. Yeah, I, I could see it at Route 66, but I don't know about that red beard, man. He's, <laughs> I'm not sure about that guy. He he might be actually on the website, though, using the tool. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's not one of those flex guys? What is it, flex? Ian is all <laughs> over the place. They even flex or whatever. Like, yeah. I've got no beef against any of if big companies. If it spins, brands, you yeah. can polish it. Polish yeah. it. Yeah. They're all good tools. You've got to find what works for you. You can pay the big money or not. You know, it doesn't matter. It's whatever works for you as a company, right? Sure. So, definitely. Uh, Darren, thank you so much, man. We won't keep any more of your time. Thank you. It's awesome to hear of the amazing things you're doing as a detail company in such a small town. And you're putting a lot of other people in in shame and in check. Like, get oh, you, step up your game because <laughs> there's a guy in Chandler, Oklahoma, that's fucking kicking your ass. So, yep. <laughs> nicely done, bro, man. Yeah, like, thank you. cheers, thank you. cheers to you, cheers wow. to you. That's that's a good story. Aid's doing good too. I um, have been watching his little videos, and <laughs> I'm going to tell you that I'm I'm going to have to uh, ask him if I can steal a few of his ideas on his marketing techniques. There you go. And uh, the the washing the brick the uh, brick coating deal was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was I, I had to think outside the box on that one. That was good. Cool. All right, well, so Darren, where do people find you if they want to ask questions or if they want to chat back and forth with you? What's your like social media handle? Uh, um, on Facebook at sixty six Auto Detail, and that's about all we do. I am not the most tech savvy person, and I um, have somebody that checks our Facebook stuff, but you can find us there. And I'm pretty sure we have a website that's also 66autodetail.com, but 
it uh we uh, i like the phone if you want to talk to me call me i'd rather talk to you than send text messages back and forth cool well anybody listening feel free to call darren i'll vouch for him he's a super great guy he'll shoot it with you straight if he can break away from the 250 coatings a year that he does jeez that's impressive all right ian where do people find you if they want to hit you up and ask you questions facebook or instagram at redbeards detail shop and the website is tulsadetailshop.com cool this is marty total auto solutions you can find us instagram is the best place total auto solutions thank you so much guys for being on the pints and polishing podcast like this has been a completely fun thing um we grew and grew from mobile tech you know sending out brochures and stickers uh kristen who was with us did a great job you also go check her out was it instagram r1 underscore vet that babe 23 or something i think so i don't know she's she's a cool chick not not only beautiful but she's a really cool chick so we had a great time thank you guys so much for being on and uh thank you for having a good beer you know what ian we did this last time and i regret it before we close you got to rate cold snap for us one to five oh uh it's sam adams man and i you know i like this one i'm gonna give it a four cool Darren, one to five. Yeah, I'm, I'm at three point five for me. And because <laughs> because I um yeah, I think three point five is that good in between where people say, "Ah, oh, it ain't bad," but it's uh, yeah, whatever. Middle <laughs> of the road. Yeah, yeah, middle of the road. I I I would give you on that. Like you know, it's not an incredible beer. I am giving it four point five. And it should be more in that three seven five four range, but like I told the story earlier, it's just a symbolic beer for me, so I have to give it a higher rating. I think definitely on the tap seems to be a little bit better flavor. It's a little different. Yeah. Um, so I would recommend going into B Dubs. Hopefully they will sponsor the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, getting some cold snap out of. Uh, out of the draft it's to me it's it does t- change the taste it does it a little bit better so anyway thanks again guys this is a pints and polishing podcast thank you for your time really appreciate you guys yes sir thank you all right have a great night